So Joseph Campbell wrote in his book, The Cure with a Thousand Faces. He wrote, we have not even to risk the adventure alone, for the heroes of all time have gone before us. The Lambreth is thoroughly known. We have only to follow the thread of the hero's path, and where we thought to find an abomination, we shall find God. And where we thought we had to slay another, we shall slay ourselves. Where we had thought to travel outward, we shall come to the center of our own existence. And where we had thought to be alone, we shall be with all the world. Love that. Just love that quote. At times, individuals fail to realize or keep in the forefront of her or his consciousness that we are each on a sacred hero's journey. And without this realization imprinted firmly, held within our own individual consciousness, the quest for spiritual enlightenment and empowerment at times becomes the quest for material things. The quiet urgings of the soul to live a life of peace, contentment, and ease somehow gets retranslated by the urgings of the ego to live a life of striving to conquer restlessness and struggle. The quest to expand our own divine light becomes a quest to escape darkness. The current physical manifestation of our societal structures seem to lend themselves to more to the promotion of the ego-driven behavior and material wants, and not to the expansion of the standards of integrity of our soul-level intentions, that of the hero's journey. We are each keenly aware of these societal structures and urgings of the ego, while simultaneously being equally aware, if not more so, of the quiet urgings of the soul. Now the reality is, these two different urgings do not need to conflict with each other, nor does one urging need to cancel out the other. As a matter of spiritual truth and purpose, you are here to live a journey of spiritual enlightenment overflowing with peace, contentment, and ease, while simultaneously demonstrating your every desire of love, health, and wealth within the physical realm. The key is, and this is where you want to take notes, by the way, for those of you that do, get out those pens and, pen, pens and pencils. The key is to unfold your hero's journey from the realization. The urgings of the soul ask you to give up nothing of spiritual and physical value to you in their fulfillment, nor do they seek to change the spectacular view. Let me repeat that. The urgings of the soul ask you to give up nothing of spiritual and physical value to you in their fulfillment, nor do they seek to change the spectacular you. The urgings of the soul will, however, require your willingness to release worrisome thoughts, old patterns of behaviors, 
and false beliefs which no longer serve you, and preconceived limiting ideas about yourself and others. The question becomes, if someone finds value in worrisome thoughts, old patterns of behavior, limiting and false ideas about themselves and others who share their journey, well, is this a Sunday for them? No, not really. Sorry. The urgings of the soul will always and only acknowledge, evolve, and magnify your spectacularlessness. A new word, spectacularlessness. Take note of that. The urgings of the soul spring from soul from the soul level intention of boundless growth and expansion, not change. Dr. Holmes wrote, we are born to be happy, to be abundantly supplied with every good thing, to have fun in living, to consciously unite with the divine that is around us and within us, and to grow and expand forever. To have fun, be happy, grow and expand forever. You're living a Bobby McFerrin song. Don't you know that? So what are, you, what are you pursuing in this moment? Perhaps the question should be asked, why are you pursuing what you're pursuing in this moment of now? Is it a pursuit centered in the awareness of your divine birthright to grow and expand forever, to live a journey of pure spiritual empowerment? Is it a pursuit of something you feel, yearn for, with passion at the heart level that you actually want to pursue? Or have you been conditioned to believe that you should do it? You should pursue it. Or you ought to pursue it at this time. Feel the difference in those two things. One feels light. We want to do it. It feels light. It feels fun. It feels exciting. While the other will feel burdensome, restricting, kind of like a chore. I don't want to do my chores. How about you? Our affirmation card this week is from Maria Namath, Out of Mastering Life's Energies. And Maria said, Luminosity summons images of light and radiance. All of us want moments in which there's enough light that we can see clearly all the possibilities open before us. As you unfold your hero's journey, out of the awareness, your purpose is to grow and expand forever. Having fun, being happy while you do it, centered in oneness with the divine, you will be living the spirituality of luminosity, which is the title of our lesson this morning, the spirituality of luminosity. So I have a little parable for you, and it goes like this, once upon a time, a young boy goes to his father and he says, Dad, where, where do humans come from? How did we get here? How did we arrive on the planet? And the father says, Well, son, God created Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve had babies. The babies grew into adults. They had babies. Their babies grew into adults. And they had babies. And so on and so on and so on. And that's how humankind came thought about it, then went to his mother and said, Mom, 
how did humankind come into existence? The mother says, well, son, at one point in time, humankind was nothing more than they were similar to apes. And humankind evolved from this ape-like creature into the species known today as humankind. We thought about it, went back to his dad. Dad, you lied to me. Mom said we came from apes. We evolved, humans evolved from apes. And the father said, well, son, that's only her side of the family. <laughs> the moral of the parable is this. Luminosity, enlightenment, the Christ consciousness, oneness, is not obtained by learning who you were. It is obtained by knowing and realizing who you are in this moment of now. And what you are in this moment of now and every moment to follow is the energetic possibility and potential of the divine coming forward to express and to grow and evolve because it's happy. Does so until it is. You know, it's a great book. We're, we're, we're closing out this series on mastering life's energies. I hope you have followed along in the book. I've loved it. I know the class is loving it. But there's a great story in the book that Maria tells. And in this story, there's a group of folks sitting around a table. And the table is just this huge feast. Huge feast. And at the table, you see some folks with their chairs pushed back from the table and their eyes closed. And then you see other folks, their chairs are not so far back, but their eyes are still closed. And then you see some folks at the table, their eyes are open, they're enjoying the feast, they're laughing, they're having a great time, they're enjoying each other's company. It's just a blast. And at this table are all the saints, all the wise men and women from every religious tradition so everybody's seated at the same table. And every once in a while, someone that's sitting a little closer to the table, would, with their eyes closed, would open their eyes, see what was going on, and just pull their chair up to the table and begin enjoying the feast, enjoying the communion with others. And when that would happen, those that's already sitting at the table enjoying the feast would applaud and cheer and welcome the others to the feast. And Maria asked a question about this story. She says, could it be that heaven is spread out before us right now like a banquet? Could it be that heaven is spread out right now before us like a banquet? Well, according to Annie Mame, it is. Are you ready to enjoy the banquet? Because that's what luminosity is all about getting centered in that aura of oneness, that knowing that all is well. This is what we have talked about from the beginning and being of this series and being willing to consider just observing your current environment, being willing to observe your current thoughts and actions from a state of grace. From a state of grace. Maria quotes Webster's dictionary definition of grace, and she says that grace is a generosity of spirit 
that grace is a spiritual view. Grace is a spiritual view that all is love, all is mercy, all is goodwill sown to the humankind. So when we look at it from that perspective, the question becomes, well, is luminosity what Maria is promoting in this book and what we've been talking about in this series? Is it just about doing compassionate acts and kindness for others? Well, we could almost say yes to that. But don't allow your drive, your compassion to better the world leave you behind. Because the way we better the world by developing our own luminosity, by expanding our own power, is by bettering ourselves. And in bettering ourselves, we know that that energy lifts up those around us. And we can do this regardless of what our past is, live in a state of grace. The Apostle Paul said, we are loved by God no matter what we do. I can't speak for you, but that's really good news for me. And the philosopher William Hazlitt defined grace as the outward expression of the inward harmony of the soul. The outward expression of the inward harmony of the soul. Love that. But the question becomes, is the soul in harmony? Is it in oneness? Do the things that you're pursuing right now bring forward that sense of excitement and ease, that sense of passion and drive that you say, wow, this is fun for me to pursue? Or is it out of harmony? And we're feeling like it's something we got to do. Something we got to do. If it feels like something we got to do, then that's our cue to take a step back and say, where have I gone off track with my soul's intentions? Where have I gone off track that I feel this is hampering me in some way? And we allow our inner voice, our inner guidance to come forward and begin steering us in the right direction. Maria says, taking action that produces an outcome of being truly on produces an experience of harmony, meaning, and satisfaction. And that's the spirituality of luminosity. So let's talk about this for a moment. Do you know that you can pursue, you can pursue your desire for greater abundance, greater health, greater love, and still live in harmony with your soul's intention? The two are not exclusive. As a matter of fact, they are mutually, mutually born out of the same energy. So we want to begin looking at how are we viewing our external pursuits? And are those external pursuits in harmony with what we think our soul's intentions are? And if we can say, well, not so much, then we can go back and say, well, let's see why not. Sometimes our soul's intentions are in perfect alignment our physical actions. But somewhere along the way, we have been taught to believe they are not. That it's wrong to pursue being an abundant expression of the divine. You know, money's the root of all evil business. 
not the love of money is the root of all that's what scripture says so we want to take a step back and, and observe some of these beliefs that we've been bringing forward and allow that to come step out into our physical action Dr. Johnny Coleman would say if it works, it works if you work it it works if you work it meaning those who take action in alignment with universal spiritual principles are well on their way to luminosity. So when you're taking your action towards whatever your goal is, whatever your dream is, are they in alignment with spiritual principles? Are you working the process of daily affirmative prayer work? Are you visualizing? Are you working with a practitioner? Are you coming forward in this moment of now say, this is something that I want to do because I know it will take me to my next step, next step in my manifestation. Huge difference in following that path and saying, I got to pay my dues. I got to do this because everybody else does it. It's hard to climb the corporate ladder. Maria says, people who are successful do what's meaningful to them clarity, focus, ease, and grace. Do what successful people do, what's meaningful for them, with clarity, focus, ease, and grace. That clarity comes from the knowing that you are in alignment with your soul's intentions. That focus comes into play by monitoring your thoughts, observing your thoughts, and saying, is this monkey mind speaking holding me back, or is it spiritual guidance? big difference in those two. And when you learn that difference, then you can begin to learn to say, thank you, monkey mind. Thank you for sharing. Thank you, remnants of every relative that's ever lived. But I'm going to move forward now. <coughs> Pardon me. I'm going to move forward now in the pursuit of this dream, in the pursuit of this goal. As we move forward in closing out this series, Maria talks a great deal about the characteristics that many people have in their successful expression of living in the world's journey. Some of these characteristics are accepting responsibility, the dreaded armor. Responsibility not always necessarily just for their actions, but for their thought. They're, they're keenly aware that their thought is the, is the precedent for their, for their journey. And so they observe that thought, refocus their attention. Some of these folks, another characteristic is that these guys tithe consistently. And they don't see tithing as a burden. They see it as their ability to stay in the they see it as an awareness, as an awareness that they are working in harmony with all the joy, all the good of the universe. So we want to begin looking at, am I doing what I need to do externally so that internally I'm staying in alignment? My external and internal are not in conflict. Maria said, people who are willing to tithe see that tithing provides an opportunity 
to demonstrate compassion, generosity of spirit, and gratitude. In short, we show up as who we truly are in our hero's heart. Seen in this way, the reward we receive from when we tithe is instantaneous and is the opportunity to live as our higher self. And he says, what happens if you don't tithe? You simply spend a little more time at the table with your eyes she gets to say that. I didn't say it. You know, we have a very generous congregation we have for quite some time. But I always, always want to take a step back and wonder, you know, what, what, for the folks that aren't living in that tithing consciousness, what, what have I not done to convey that correctly? That it's not just about supporting the center. It's not just about supporting the ministries about staying. It's about knowing that, wow, this is my opportunity to be in harmony with my higher self. You know, we're closing out. Tomorrow, we're closing out the increased income program. 31 days. Had a lot of computer glitches with it. Okay? However, what, what I've also heard sending me emails. I've, I've demonstrated hand over fist. Demonstrated abundance hand over fist. I've had an unexpected check come in where the government owed me money. The government sent me a letter saying they were sending me a check. I've had unexpected sales. Now, let me tell you something. I found a dime in the street. That was the first demonstration. I found a dime. Yay! Let me tell you something. Everyone that has told me they have demonstrated has worked this principle. They have done the treatment work. They have allowed practitioners to do treatment work for them. And it's been amazing for them. It's been amazing for them. They open their eyes to have a seat at the table. Now, what if you were to apply the same principle? Two, another area of your journey. An area of your journey that says, wow, I want to grow and expand more in my spiritual empowerment. Does that, what does that look like? Am I willing to take a class to begin that process? Am I willing to begin reading Nights of Mind magazine? The question becomes, as it has been from day one, what are you willing to not have to do, but willing to do. When we say, I'm willing to do this, Marie says it creates some breathing room within our consciousness. Because in that willingness to do something different, we also find an evolution of our own life. We find an expansion of our birthright to be happy and consistent. If you recall, Steve Jobs fired from his own company. Remember that? He started Apple, he got in some conflict with his board of directors or something of that nature, and they fired him. And Nelson Mandela spent 27 years in prison. And Abraham Lincoln failed in business, had a nervous breakdown, and was defeated in eight elections. So how did all these individuals achieve 
such extraordinary success. Nelson, Nelson Mandela spent years in prison before becoming the first president of South Africa to be elected in a fully representative democratic election. And during his time in jail, he kept a scrap of paper in his cell that contained the words of a poem. And the poem was by William Ernest Henley, and it's entitled Indidicus. And it ends with this line, I am the master of my faith. I am the captain of my soul. I am the master of my faith. I am the captain of my soul. See, he had a choice. He had a choice in those 27 years in prison. He could allow his mind to focus on that current external environment, living in a cell, or he could choose to be willing to focus on and practice a greater idea, to choose and practice his spiritual truth, not focus on his physical surroundings. From his eight election failures to the Civil War, I think everyone can say that Abraham Lincoln had a tough presidency. Throughout his presidency, he remained steadfast, but was quoted as saying at the end, he said this, I have lost every other if if I have lost every other friend on earth, I shall at least have one friend left, and that friend shall be down in sight. And that friend shall be down in sight. See, Lincoln was willing to listen and act on his spiritual guidance system. He was willing to listen and act on those quiet urgings of the soul that we all have. After coming back to lead Apple, Steve Jobs once said during a commencement speech, you have to trust something. Your gut, destiny, life, karma, whatever. Because believing that the dots will connect down the road will give you the confidence to follow your heart even when it leads you off the well-worn path. The Jobs didn't have a path. He had to blaze a trail. He had to blaze a trail. He was willing to maintain a faith in his creativity, even when it seemed that which he created had none in him. Mandela, Lincoln, and Jobs all expressed and lived their luminosity. They, they live through luminosity by expressing their higher selves, by focusing on the higher thoughts and actions which were urging to be expressed. Maria said the key to spiritual to luminosity is to practice spiritual principle and thought and action and to practice precisely. To practice precisely. And she, she likes, she said in the book, that the request to practice precisely is not to trip anybody up. It's not a cosmic object. The key to practicing precisely is to understand in that precision, that precision is what quiets the monkey mind. That precision to following the steps is what allows the monkey mind to fade into the path, into the distance, as with all its 
well, what about this? Or you should do that. No, because we know we're following the process. That's why we want to follow with precision. We want to practice every day. As we practice spiritual principle and technique, it begins to demonstrate consistently in our everyday lives. Because luminosity is a result of focused actions. Actions which spring out of a consciousness centered in the urgings of our soul. Maria said, work without faith is exhausting. A meaningful life is not exhausting at all. It might not be easy, but it is suffused with ease. Lincoln, Mandela, and Jobs did not have an easy go of it. However, they all had faith in the urgings of their souls, and, and what they visioned was possible for themselves and for lives and for everyone in their journey. Even when it seemed no one else did. Even when it seemed no one else did. Their commitment was not just to themselves, but it was about increasing, expanding, evolving the journey of those around them. And this is another powerful point to luminosity. Because when we are working from those urgings of our soul, one of the things we begin to realize is what we're being led not only to expand and evolve our own life, but we're being led to do so in a manner which evolves and expands the life of others. But this is not a forceful expansion. This is simply where we move forward, following with precision, following the urgings of our soul, assessing our journey, and those that have a natural affinity to be in alignment with how we're evolving and growing will naturally resonate with us. Those that won't, that don't, will fall away. And that's okay. They can gravitate elsewhere. All of that? So you don't have to force anybody to follow along with you. I know a lot of folks that want to force folks to follow their path. It doesn't feel right because there's not a natural acceptance of it. There's not a natural acceptance of it. So what I'm going to ask you to do as you, as we close out this series is begin looking at ways in which you personally in which you personally desire to live your luminosity you to begin looking at what is bringing passion, a sense of fun and excitement to your pursuits. And if something doesn't feel right, don't change it. The universe doesn't want you to change. You know why the universe doesn't want you to change? You're already perfect as you are. Now, we can evolve that perfection. We can transcend a greater expression of source into this realm, but there's nothing to change. There's only light and well-being to evolve. So if there's something in your journey that doesn't feel right, begin asking yourself. The real question becomes, is it time for me to evolve, to expand past this current experience? And then the next question would 
be? Am I willing to evolve past it? Am I willing to evolve past it and have the faith in my journey of the soul that I'm working from a consciousness of fun and passion, from an awareness that all is well right now? If you have that willingness, then of course, Law of the, the laws of the universe get sent. The laws of attraction, correspondence, again. And the universe begins to restructure everything out here to match that intention. And if you do that, you begin this process now, what you're going to find within six months, within a year, you're going to look back and nothing's going to look the same. Nothing will look the same. Because you're looking, it's not that life will change. It's not that the journey will change. The view out your bedroom window will not have changed. It's only the consciousness with which you are viewing the external will have evolved and expanded. Follow that? You are extremely powerful in are extremely powerful individuals. Regardless of what's occurred for you up to this moment, yesterday, the week before, last year, that, that truth never does change for you. It never changes for you. The question becomes, are you willing now to tap into that power and create a life that's in harmony with your soul level intentions? And no matter what, no matter what, Stick with that. Be the master of your journey. Captain of your faith. Yeah, that kind of right. Because if you are, then you're well on your way to living and being the luminous spiritual being you are here right now to be. So wins our lesson. All right, if you would please say the offering.